Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Hey y'all, I'm April. And I'm Caroline. And this is your bloody happy hour. Caroline, are you ready for this? This is your newest guilty pleasure. It's the bloodiest part of your week. Did we say something about it also being happy hour? Showed in. Because we're about to be sipping on some murder. Bloody happy hour. Hey y'all, this is April. And this is Caroline. And beep 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 beep. Emergency, emergency, breaking news, breaking news. Caroline's got it all for you guys. We're going back to Idaho. Y'all, we had a big update today. It was the probable cause affidavit was unsealed for the Idaho case, the Moscow case, Moscow case, and I'm telling you, there's so much stuff. There's 18 pages worth of stuff. And Caroline read it all. I did. I did read it along along with uh, um, Emily D. Baker, and I took all the notes. Okay. So let's just get started. Yeah. Uh, this these are cliff notes from it, and this is this is what the officers have to put together in order. It's basically like an outline in order to arrest him. Okay. It's the arrest affidavit, right? Yeah. What, okay. It's a probable cause. And this has been sealed until today. Yeah. So wh- where are we? What, what did we la- leave off on last time? So he was, he went to, he was in Pennsylvania with his family and he was flown back on a police, what's like a single engine airplane that had like 11 seats or something like that. A tiny airplane. They had, it was like a 10 hour flight. They had to stop two times to refuel. Why? Because it was such a small plane. Like, they didn't use, like, a jet. They just used this small airplane. Anyways, 10 hours. That's like, damn near, might as well drive it. Yeah. Yeah. And so they had, so they got in at, uh, I don't know, like, 10 o'clock last night. Mm -hmm. And then he went to court this, the next day to do this. I mean, they're on it. Wow. And then this. They weren't able to release any information about why they arrested him until he was back in Idaho in custody of that police department. Okay. That's a laws are different state to state. That's the Idaho state law. Okay. He was also, they did that hearing to waive to the extradition hearing. We also had that Mm -hmm, recently. mm -hmm. So he waived extradition. And so he said, according to the law enforcement, that he was wanting to waive it because he wanted to get back because he wanted to see what was also in this probable cause. Affidavit. Affidavit. Okay. So he was like, what the fuck, y'all? what do y'all have on me? Mm-hmm. And I did hear that his lawyer said that they want to h- hurry up and get his name cleared. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. And th- that was his, uh, so he had extradition attorneys. Mm-hmm. Those were the people, that was the guy in Pennsylvania. He has different, he has court-appointed attorney here in idaho who it's totally different people so starts off with uh there's two officers officer smith officer blaker they enter the residence at the bottom of the floor they went up to the second floor just before entering xana's room saw her body on the floor she was deceased with wounds that appeared to have been caused by an edged weapon and it says Sergeant Blaker and I responded to the call at 1122 King Road and they assisted with the crime scene uh, associated with the four homicides and they prepared to process the scene and they were going to walk through the scene. Um, They go to the bottom floor and on the 
north side of the building. They see that they they walk upstairs. They go to the second floor. They go down the hallway, and on the second floor, that's where they learned who Xana was by her driver's license and other personal belongings in the room. Um, it says we're going to refer to her as Kernodal because that's her last name. Mm-hmm. Um, just before this room, there was a bathroom door on the south wall of the hallway. As I approached the room, I could see a body later identified as Kernoodles laying on the floor. She was deceased with wounds that appeared to have been caused by an edge weapon. Then it went to the third floor. In one bedroom was the dog. And in the other bedroom were two females in a single bed. Both the dog was alive. Yeah, the dog's li- alive. Okay, the I dog's so. it's Kaylee's dog. Kaylee and her and Jack. It's their dog. And yeah, the dog was alive. They mm-hmm. we've known that. Okay, you didn't know that. I just learned today that the they did hear dog barks. I wondered what kind of dog it was. And it's if like it a did little bark. doodle poodle, like a. Oh, it's like a little golden um, doodle. A golden doodle. Oh. So Murphy. Murphy the dog did its job. So good job, Murphy. But Murphy's in the other room. There's two rooms upstairs on this third floor. There's two rooms. On one room is the dog, and the other room is Kaylee and Madison. They were both deceased with visible stab wounds. Also, also in the room, I, I it just says also in the room was a male later identified as Ethan Chapin. Chapin was also deceased with, with wounds from a sharp from sharp forced injuries based on interviews the evening of november 12th chapin and kernoodle are seen by one of the surviving roommates at the sigma chi house from 9 p.m to 1:45 a.m approximately 1:45 a.m chapin and kernoodle return to the king road residence the state lab later located a single source Male DNA left on the button snap of a knife sheath. The little pocket thing that the knife so, goes in? Yes, a okay. knife goes in the little holder. So they have this holder. But not the knife. That is left at the scene, and they are getting DNA evidence off of the button of the knife sheath. Wow. Surviving roommates. So we have DM and BF. These are the two surviving roommates. Dylan and Bethany. Mm-hmm. This this um, affidavit refers to them as DM and BF, so that's how I'm going to refer to them. Okay. So they both made statements during interviews that indicated that the occupants of King Road Residence were home by 2 a.m. and asleep or at least in their rooms approximately by 4 a.m. This is with the exception of Zana who received a DoorDash order at the residence at approximately 4 a.m. Okay. Okay. DM stated she originally went to sleep in her bedroom and she was awoken approximately at 4 a.m. by what she stated sounded like Kaylee playing with her dog in one of the upstairs bedroom. A short time later, DM said she heard who she thought was Kaylee saying something to the effect of, there's someone here. A review of records of Zana's phone showed this could have been Zana because she was on, her phone records indicated that she was likely awake and using TikTok at 412. Damn. DM. I thought they were dead by then. We all did. DM said she looked out of her bedroom but did not see anything when she heard the comment about someone being in the house. DM said she opened the door a second time when she heard what she thought was crying coming from Zana's room. DM said she heard a male voice say something to the effect of, it's okay, I'm going to help you. Approximately at 4.17, a security camera picked up a distorted audio of what sounded like voices or a whimper followed by a loud thud. Where? Recorded audio from where? It's just like a ring camera or something. Okay. A dog can also be heard barking numerous times starting at 4.17. Damn. So 4.12 a.m., you have Xana. She's on TikTok. After that, 
there's they heard crying coming from Kaylee's room at 417, external evidence uh, of audio, the thud, the dog barking. Wait, and so That's did they get their note. DoorDash food? I I mean I don't I don't I don't know I, I just I'm I don't know okay but it didn't say that the DoorDash food was sitting on the porch or that right they s- yeah. talked to the DoorDash delivery they here. they did after the fact that you know he yes they did talk to the DoorDash person okay. but I haven't heard what okay what was said so DM stated that she opened her door for a third time after she heard crying and saw a figure clad in black clothing and a mask that covered the person's mouth and nose walking toward her. Who said this? DM. DM. Well, the surviving why, roommate. Why they didn't call nobody until one o'clock? Just wait. We don't. Okay. DM described the figure as 5'10 or taller, male, not very muscular, but athletically built, which that generally means not carrying Lean. extra weight, yeah. looking fit, not fat. With bushy eyebrows. Okay. So she most likely will, if she is describing about eyebrows, hopefully, if it's the same guy, then could you imagine see her seeing him get arrested and like freaking, mm-hmm, like having like mm-hmm. a visceral response? The male walked past DM as she stood in a frozen shock phase. The male walked towards the sliding uh, back glass door. The back sliding glass door. DM locked herself in her room after seeing the mail. DM did not state that she recognized the mail. This leads investigators to believe that the murderer left the scene. And came back at 9 a.m. Came back that morning. That's why he was pinged that morning. Uh-huh. So, here she is. She's now the... I don't. We don't know why she didn't call nine one one or do anything uh, from this time to noon. One, yeah, yeah. I, well, just who knows? The combination of DM statements to law enforcement, reviews of forensic downloads and records of surviving roommates' phones and videos of the suspect described below leads investigators to believe that homicides occurred between four a.m. and four twenty-five a.m. Um, so you can assume that the, um, roommates all came home after a night of drinking, woke up, found out that, um, found the roommates. You would think that they would find the roommates then call. It's just so many questions. Wait, say it again. Okay. I thought the the guy left. Yes. I, I, I'm putting my own thoughts in here and I need to not do that. Yeah. Okay. okay. So. DM thought the guy left. No, yes, yes. The the guy did leave. Okay. The guy did leave. And now a word from our sponsors. The first time I saw it, I got goosebumps. It was perfect for me. I felt like we could go anywhere together. There's nothing like finding your match on cars.com. With over 50,000 cars added daily and a powerful advanced search, you're sure to discover the one. It's magical. Find your perfect match on cars.com today. The all-new Chevy Colorado is made for more. Stacked with the latest in-vehicle technologies like a class-leading 11-inch diagonal center touchscreen and an extra-large wireless charging pad. Plus, it features wireless Apple CarPlay and Android Auto compatibility to make staying connected easy wherever your adventure takes you. Chevy Colorado. Made for more. Learn more at Chevrolet.com slash truck slash Colorado. Claims based on latest competitive data. Um, what are we doing here, Rusty? What are we going to do? Uh, yep, we're doing the uh, King of the Hill Rewatch Podcast. King of the Hill yes, Rewatch Podcast. Yeah, so we're going to go through one episode at a time. Uh, come along for the ride with us. Come check it out. And, and give me give me a good, um, like, Dale Gribble quote to go out on. 
Wingo. Yeah, Wingo. <laughs> Wingo. Wingo. All right. Well, join us. Uh, join us for uh, the uh, King of the Hill rewatch podcast. Maybe in the heart of Texas. That drinks his brew and he spits his shoe. Maybe in the heart of Texas. The TV players, but no one cares. Maybe in the heart of Texas. I'm Zach. And I'm Mike. And we have a fantastic new podcast to tell you about. Bros, Foes, and Heroes. It's the two of us looking into the world of comics, breaking down some characters that you may have never heard of, and some that are just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, so Zach comes up with a character each time, and uh, I go into it just completely blind. I don't know who this person is or what their abilities are or anything, and and basically I guess we kind of go over their origin story. And just some of the ridiculous stuff that maybe, especially Golden Age stuff. Oh, Golden yeah. Age stuff is always the best. And we will make sure to highlight all of the shenanigans and just absolute weirdness yeah. of everything. Yeah, that's right. So subscribe today and uh, follow us on Instagram at Bros Bros Heroes. And if you don't, I know where you live. Not really, but please subscribe. <laughs> Bros and Bros and Heroes. Gonna tell you about pros and foes and heroes. Gonna tell you about. Combination of the surviving roommate statements. And they downloaded the downloads of records from their phone and video of the suspect describes. They described it. It led investigators to believe that the homicides occurred between 4 a.m. and 4.25 a.m. Okay. During the processing of the crime scene, investigators found a latent shoe print. Shoe print with a diamond-typed sole pattern similar to a Vans shoe. This shoe print was found outside of DM's door, consistent with her story that the masked man walked right past her. So, however, the direction of the shoe whichever way it's facing mm-hmm. goes with her story and stuff. So everything wow. that she's saying is like hundred percent matching up reviews of a review of numerous collected surveillance videos surrounding the area indicated that a white sedan was observed traveling at three twenty six AM. Then westbound on highway 95 in Moscow, approximately three twenty eight AM. So on this video, it appeared that this vehicle had, did not have a front license plate displayed, which in um, in Idaho you are supposed you to, have to. You are supposed oh, to. Oh, okay. Um, reviewed multiple videos, um, and it showed multiple sightings of this vehicle starting at three twenty nine and ending at four twenty a.m. These sightings showed suspect vehicle makes an initial three passes by the King Road home and then leaves. Suspect vehicle can then be seen entering a fourth time at approximately 4.04 a.m. Here's my side note. When needed to prove first-degree murder, you need to prove that it is premeditated. Multiple passes by the home... And any info that we get later on, such as whether he was in this area before all of this, is mm-hmm. going to give you that premeditation of these and it, if these victims were targeted or not. Suspect vehicle is seen departing the area of the residence at 4.20 a.m. at a high rate of speed. Officers provided video footage of the vehicle to forensic examiners and FBI after review. Forensic examiner initially believed that the vehicle was a 2011-2013 Hyundai Elantra. Upon further review, it could be said it was 2011-2016. Basically, they're getting video of this car all over the place. Uh, Investigators were given access to video footage of WSU campus in Pullman, Washington. And this video indicated that at 2.44 a.m. on November 13th, 
A white sedan was observed on the WSU surveillance cameras. At 2.53 a.m., it was traveling towards Moscow. Okay. It's like a 10-minute drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, approximately 5.25 a.m., the white sedan it was observed on five cameras in Pullman, Washington, and WSU campus cameras. Coming back. So he was going back home. Yeah. But why a whole hour later? November 25th. Uh, police asked law enforcement agencies to be on the lookout for this Hyundai Elantra on November 29th, approximately at 12.28 a.m. Police located the white Elantra with Pennsylvania license plates registered to Brian Koberger. So, at okay, so he has... That was that early. So, it, Yeah. The same day, on November 24th at 12.58 a.m., WSU officer was looking for the white Hyundai Elantra and located one at an apartment complex that houses WSU students. The tag returned to Koberger with a Washington tag. So he's changed his oh. plates. Okay, because I said, hold up, hold up, hold up. Why is there a Washington tag on it, but it says... Earlier, there was a PA tag. yeah. So, and we do find out later in this thing. It's like, did he switch the license plate? When did he switch it? Like, why? Okay. Koberger's physical description is consistent with the description of the male uh, the surviving roommate had described that she saw inside the residence on the 13th. Then we have a review of the... um, Laytaw County deputy, his body cam, and reports that showed on August 21st, 2022, Koberger was detained as part of a traffic stop that occurred in Moscow. Moscow. Okay. So basically they're saying they have body cam camera footage of this guy and the car he's driving him so that he will not be able to distance himself from that car. They have him, they have placed him in that car. Uh-huh. Uh, Koberger was driving the white Elantra with PA, with Pennsylvania plates, which were set to expire on November 30th. This could be a reason to change the plates. Oh, it is. Which the defense will try to explain away. Yeah. He's just being a responsible citizen. On October 14th, 2022, Koberger was detained as part of a traffic stop by WSU police. So he gets pulled over a lot. He does. And he's not even black. What day is this on? October 14th. So that was the first one was the 21st, August 21st. Now it's October 14th. And upon review of the body cam, he was the sole occupant and driving the Hyundai Elantra with the same Pennsylvania plates. So they are just like bringing the receipts. Receipts. Yes. Yeah. November 18th. Okay. So November 18th, Koberger registered the 2015 Elantra with Washington. And later received Washington plates. Tell me which day was the murders? 13th. 13th. November 13th. So So five days after the murder. He changed the plates. Okay. Prior to this time, the Elantra was registered in PA, which does... Oh, I said it wrong earlier. It does not require front plate. I said it did. It doesn't. I think Texas is the only one that does. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I I have emotes. So... Koberger is currently a PhD student in criminology at Washington State University. We know this. His past, educa- his past education included undergraduate degree in psychology and cloud-based forensics. Ooh. Like iCloud? iCloud. Yes. He's That's trying. A- uh-huh. These records show that Koberger wrote an essay when he applied for an internship with the Pullman Police Department in the fall of 2022. Oh. Koberger wrote in his essay he had an interest in assisting rural law enforcement agencies with how to better collect and analyze technological data in public safety operations. Hmm. Was he planning this way back then? Oh, yeah. Koberger also posted a Reddit survey. We talked about that, which can be found by an open source Internet search. The survey asked for participants to provide information to understand how emotions and psychological traits influence decision making when committing a crime. Review of cell records and towers. Koberger's phone did not, did not 
ping in the area on November 13th from 3 a.m. to 5 a.m. Oh, shit. Did not. Did not. He left it at home. So did he turn his phone off? Or if you're someone who is interested in cloud-based forensics, one would be aware of cell phone info that could be gathered and would turn their phone off. No? Would it steal? I don't, I, but I think or even airplane if your phone is off, it could still be pinged. You might not can do your location. He would know. I mean, I wouldn't know. I, uh, from I would what think I've he would have had to leave. Where was it pinging? Anywhere at all? If it's off, I don't think it can. Like, if you're tracking my location, I turn my phone off or in airplane mode. I don't think you can. I think he knew that, but he's still stupid. One officer notes that individual can. Oh, I, we just need to keep reading. <laughs> I've gone through it all, but <laughs> one officer notes that individual can either leave their cell phones at a different location before committing the crime or turn them off. Well, there you go. Mm. December 23rd. Uh, a search warrant was obtained for phone records between November 12th and 14th for Brian Koberger's phone. On November 13th, his phone pings around 2.42 in Pullman, Washington. Okay. At 2.47, his, pu- his, pu- his phone pings southwest of his residence, and then it stops reporting, quote, reporting to network. Which could mean your phone is off or in airplane mode. Yeah. So, got it? Got it. Mm-hmm. Koberger's phone does not report to network again until 4.48 a.m., at which time it's on Highway 95 south of Moscow near Blaine, Idaho. Between 4.50 and 5.26 a.m., phone traveling south, then west, then west, then north back to Pullman. Koberger's phone then shows on November 13th, leaving his house at 9 a.m. and traveling to Moscow, ID, uh, Idaho, between <laughs> 9 a.m. and 9.21, and then back to his home, arriving back home at 9.32 a.m. So he went back to the house. Okay. But it said Moscow. Did it say the okay. house? It did, yes. Okay. Yes, yes, okay. yes. It, it does. So but what he commits the murders, goes back home to his apartment. It's, what? let me write what I. <coughs> so he was smart then, enough to turn it off when he commit the murders, but he wasn't smart enough to turn it off when he went and revisited the crime scene. Right. Or what was he doing? Did he commit the murders then? No, because they think, they know that they did die in between 4 and 425. And... Okay. He knows this is very holy in court. Oh. So, and, and my, my brain notes. So, he goes back to the house? Why? To see if police are there? Oh, my gosh. Is he looking for the knife, knife sheath? He's, oh, he goes back to look for the knife sheath. I don't know. I don't know. But he, so he went, but who goes back? And he's only there for. How long is he at the house? 912 to 921. So, like 10 minutes. He leaves his apartment at 9 a.m. Yeah. The day, that morning of the murders. So co- commits murders at in 4 a.m. Yeah. Goes back home, takes a shower and a nap, probably eats some nasty vegan food. He's high. Probably masturbates a little bit. He's high. He's high. He comes back. Kill. He goes to look. It's Is this showing his... Arrogance? He's confident enough to be back there? I wonder, like you said, if he knows that he left, because he has the murder weapon, but where's the clip, the pocket that he goes on? So I wonder if he goes back to look for that. Like, does he actually go inside the house and look for it? I don't know if he goes inside, but I would think maybe he's driving around looking to see if he dropped it. He had to know. He had to know. So... This is obviously not someone who's scared or hiding because he's confident enough to take the car that he fled the scene in. 
<laughs> and take it back to the scene, which this uh, was noted. This is a powerful argument for the DA when arguing the type of person you're dealing with, the premeditation and the way that this was carried out, the type of cold person he is, and the type of very deliberate person that he is. Wow. Um, there's some maps that they have. They show the possible route that was taken based off cer- cellular data. Um, it was based on the facts. It was believed that, uh, Koberger was likely the driver of the white Elantra. Um, and the lack of phone reporting between two forty seven and four forty eight is consistent with Koberger attempting to conceal his location during the quadruple homicide at King road. And, Police trace the cell phone records to determine if Koberger stalked the victims ahead of time and at least 12 occasions prior to November 13th, his phone was in the area of the home. All of these occasions, except for one, occurred late in the evening and early morning hours. Mm. So if you go back to the recent press conferences... Now we can understand why law enforcement was like, just wait and see, just wait for the uh, probable cause to come out because you're going to know everything. Uh-huh. You're going to know, you're going to know. And like I said earlier, this is why he, Koberger, wanted to get back to Idaho so fast because he wanted to know what they had on him and to see where he messed up. Goodness. Um. So then on August 21st, Brian Koberger's phone was utilized, uh, phone utilized cell phone tires near the murder home from 1034 to 1135. So this was, we stated this earlier, and then at 1137 is when the traffic stop happened, which like we said, we mentioned earlier, but the reason this is important is because you now have... The phone, the person, the license plate, the body camera, and this all connects all that stuff together, proving that he was the one in possession of his phone while he's in, like it puts him with his phone. And with the car. And with the car. Yeah. And it's on video. Wait, because why was the body camera? Oh, traffic stop. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. That, that's how they're putting, Yes. There's videos of him in a grocery store after this. There's videos. That, I mean, they now now because they have his license plate, so they've now tracked him all Everywhere. over the place. On December 27th, Pennsylvania agents recovered the trash from the Koberger family resident located in Albright's, Pennsylvania. That evidence is sent to the Idaho, Idaho State Lab for testing. On December 28th, the Idaho State Lab reported that a DNA profile obtained from the trash and the DNA profile obtained from the sheath identified a male as not being excluded as the biological father of the suspect profile. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. That means we went and got shit out of your trash and we tested it for DNA and it's a sample that might have been the father of the person who had the sheath (laughs) when it was at the murder scene. So BK, when he was arrested, they now have, they can now get his DNA officially and they can match it with what's on the sheath in the murder scene. So now we have his DNA at the crime scene on the knife sheath when all the four victims were stabbed. Wow. At least 99.9998% of the male population would be expected to be excluded from the possibility of being the suspect's biological father. I was thinking, what if this kid was adopted? Like they'd be screwed. <laughs> oh. Based on the above information, I'm requesting an arrest warrant issued for Brian C. Koberger, date, blah, 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 for burglary and four counts of murder in the first degree for the murders of Madison Mogan, Kaylee Gonzalez, Zana Kernodal, and Ethan Chapin. Chapin. And this burglary, it's not, you're not going in and stealing stuff. That's no, not what it is. Just it's, break it in. It, it's, he's not, he, he wasn't inside stealing stuff and somebody walks in on him and then he shoots him or kills him. He went into the home with the intent to murder. And I don't know why it's called burglary, but it's called, it's called burglary. Hmm. Wow. It's called. Yeah. 
it's it, he's charged with the felony offense of burglary. That's what the that's what felony offense of burglary is listed with the intent to commit a murder. He wasn't caught in the house, and then they can't. Yeah, he was. He wasn't trying to flee or escape anything. But it's a felony with the offense of burglary, and this is this is showing that he went there with the intent to murder them. And there also also there's a gag order right now that's going on. Uh, this is people can't yeah with law enforcement, so they can't do any more and press the attorneys. But the reason they're doing this is partly to stop speculation, partly to protect the jury pool. Um, it keeps the case cleaner. It stops any unofficial leaks, but it still get anything that's still um, in the it t- court documents like this uh, that's made public can be out there. Like so, any hearings that are coming up, obviously, but the uh, police law, law enforcement shouldn't be. Co- Basically, I'm saying if we hear anything, it won't be coming from law enforcement. So it. It's don't don't assume it's fact. Oh, it's Brian Inton, basically. Oh, so but then also they're like even shutting down like friends, classmates, other professors. Like they're not allowed to say too much about Brian. Colbert they're asking. Either. They're asking them. Okay, so they because there's been several people out there like okay, there's been people out there who are like. Friends of his that oh one girl says she knew him like when she was in eighth grade and he was this way he acted this way and he was a, I've heard he's in hero he was a big heroin user back in the Ooh. day because apparently he was uh, a little overweight chunky, uh-huh. he was chunky when he was little or let's say middle school high school I don't know he went a year and like lost all this weight and then that's maybe when he started doing heroin but I've heard multiple oh. from multiple people that he was using heroin okay. And lost weight. Maybe he's trying I to like his vegan have diet. a little glow up. And I don't know at what point he started vegan. By the way, they are accommodating his vegan diet in jail. Oh yeah. Um. There's. I'm 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 jumping, but we've that's the whole. We've completed the affidavit. Okay. We've gone through that. Uh huh. Um. How about the police when he was pulled over? Okay, Going so home. yeah, so that so he was he and his father. So his father flew, flew from Pennsylvania to Washington. Brian and his father then drove from Washington to Pennsylvania. They were pulled over twice in Indiana. Okay, in the same oh, in the okay, same okay. yes, in the same state, Indi- two times. Now at first. And there was body, they've released both of the body cam footage. I've posted them. You should, if you just, yes, they're posted. One of them, you couldn't really see anything except for the dirty car. The other one, you could see a little bit more and hear a little bit more. And at first, I heard that it was, uh, had nothing to do with the case. And then I heard that the FBI instructed them to pull him over. Mm. And then I heard that the FBI said they didn't instruct him to pull him over. I was just like, but what is the um, coincidence? But a lot of our killers have close calls like that. But th- they, they were pulled. He was pulled over twice for following too closely. Yeah. And that video, he was not following too closely because they had him. He said something about a van, but they showed him driving the, the cop following him. A little bit. Then he just pulls him over, and he was not following too close. I have, I don't, I've, do people get pulled over for following too closely? I mean, I know it's a thing, but I, how, what are the odds you're getting pulled over two times in, within, like, I'm assuming hours of each other? Yeah. For following too closely? Yeah. Um, I'm assume I'm, I'm speculating that they just wanted to kind of see it. Oh, let's make sure this is him. We got, I, I don't know. But then you don't want to alert him to like think something. So we don't know. Also, what the is. The car was f- fucking filthy is what got me. Cause I was like, okay, let me but see But think this about car. it if he's, if you're driving, like, okay, it's, sn- think about it after it snows, how dirty it is outside. Cause they're coming from like Washington where it's yeah. snowed. So it's like, it's probably dirty from all that snow. 
And but then that driving. is like layers of filth. And if you know you committed a crime in that car, why wouldn't you make sure it's clean? Well, it's at this point, it had already been a month, so he could have washed it. I mean, he had the license plates changed, so I'm sure he had it cleaned. I don't know. It, it looked like I it mean, it was not been clean since he's been in college. I mean, it did look like it was, it looked it's so dirty that it looked yellow. It was, yeah, it was bad. And so that, that's what I saw. And I was like, wait a minute. If he, if this was like the getaway car, I would think it would be a lot cleaner than it looked. And then I would be like, okay, and maybe this is just us, but you don't go out of town in a filthy car. Like that daddy should have been like, but before we go that, anywhere. They, you know what? Okay. We, we, we cannot, I cannot travel in this car for a thousand hours and it's this filthy. Like there's no way. So yeah. maybe they're just dirty. I think they might be. He did have like kind of yellow teeth and stains. <laughs> Uh, um, but the dad brought up the because when he got pulled over December 15th I think is when he was December 15th and the dad made it seem like they were leaving because of SWAT and everything being on campus but he said Brian was going to say something and dad interrupted and said mass shooting there was a mass shooting and so the State trooper was like, wait, what do you mean, SWAT? And so I was just like, it made me think that dad really didn't even have a clue. Like, I what think dad really has went no on. clue. Like, but didn't even watch the news, like, to see what really went on, which to me, it's so weird. Like, your kid is next door to... Think about what the how do you kid, not though, could have said, though, if dad was like... But, bitch, I mean, but why didn't you... How did you not watch the news? Like, how do you not know what's going on next door to your son's I, campus? I I don't know. Yeah. But these parents just don't seem like laundry parents. Like, the laundry parents are real sus. They were sus. Yeah. But these, I don't know, but I'm, I'm really bad at telling people. <laughs> but here's another thing. Did you know that the parents have had two they have had two bankrupt they have filed for bankruptcy two times in, the, in their past what is their job did it say uh mom works up at the school okay um and i can't remember what dad does but they i okay assuming they're innocent the parents i feel so bad obviously for the but i feel so bad for those parents if they really they just seem like yeah. Uh, the mom, according to, like, friends and stuff, the mom, like, super nice. They're, like, just very nice people. Like, they wouldn't do anything, you know. They're probably they just, so shocked and blind about it, and they just want to support and they, And just think about, like, think about you're across the country, and you're, if your child is over there at a murder, and you, like, you can't afford to go over there all the, or see your kid. And then if, if you have to, like, take off work to be at the trial. I mean, mm-hmm. I was thinking about those things because I was, like, I feel bad. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, this guy. Oh, gosh. That's a lot. Just in a couple days. The most de- I don't know how detailed these things usually are, but that was very detailed. And we Apparently, were all basically they had wrong. warrant after warrant after warrant that they were getting in order to have all this information. I mean, this is a lot of they they did they did work. I need to know if they got their DoorDash. Did multiple people eat? Were they high? Because they just ate at the food truck, too. Well, not Zana. <laughs> Kaylee and Madison That's had who just was up there. Okay. What, but what, the other thing we don't know was we didn't hear motive. Yeah. Or how they were connected. How they how he even picked these people. Yeah. Yeah. There, I did recently see that there was um, the owners from the restaurant Mad Greek, which my theory was that that's how Brian came in contact with Maddie and Zana. Yeah. Was because of that restaurant. And then the people, the owners of the restaurant say that they have never seen him and they've never served him. Hmm. One last thing. And I'm sure they've reviewed camera footage too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, one last thing is BTK. Okay. Did you hear about all the stuff for Oh, yes. Ramslin. Ramslin. 
So there's this. So jealous of her. Okay, so is it Catherine? I can't even remember her name. Catherine Ram? I think so. Well, this this Dr. Ramsland, she is a renowned um, criminal justice. She's a PhD teacher. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you call it. She's a professor at, she's a professor. She's a professor Forensic at, psychologist, yes, I thought. Yes, at, at this university where Brian Koberger is studying. He was studying under her. She has been in over like 200 crime, true crime documentaries. She personally has interviewed and written, she's written like 30 books or 60 books. She is the one who did the in-depth um, autobiography. autobiography on BTK, Bind, Torture, Kill, a.k.a. Dennis Rader, who is one of the most infamous serial killers out there. Go listen to an episode if you don't know about it. I'm going to have to get one of her books. Oh, so she, so she taught Brian Koberger. She was one of his teachers, and she's a little sus too. She, I think, I kind of feel like she must have done some of these murders. <laughs> she's or real, did she? But she loved. Whenever I watched her in that Hulu documentary with BTK, I didn't like her because she just—it's almost like she's so infatuated with the these killers that we she, are too. But but in a, in like a way that she's like defending them all the time. I don't know. Is she just? Maybe I'm going to have to watch her, and then I'm going to have to read some of these books. I bet she's going viral right now. Well, she, I bet she all was these contacted. Books are being sold. She was contacted, and she said she could not t- discuss the case. I did see her interviewed, and then I saw BTK's daughter that looks like him. I um, know, uh, that poor she, thing. She was, like, saying that she really hopes that Brian Koberger has not written her father, but she really thinks that he has been Probably in contact studied. with her oh with him y'all if this is somehow this is a big i just can't wait until it all comes out and it's all part from BT, what if this btk part two what if he told him everything what to do he didn't do it right because no he really didn't BTK got away with it a lot longer. Yeah, than, but guess what? I we didn't have all have. the stuff that we have that we have now. Back then, well, there's cameras on every corner. Damn. Oh. Oh. It's, yeah, I just can't wait to kind of find out all the little bitty things that we want to know that we can't know right now. I know, and I all I do know is that. This had to be a very horrible, horrible, horrible crime scene. Part of me is like, okay, does he kind of still know? Did he want to see the affidavit so he can start working on his um, case, like to argue all this? None of this is really ironclad. You know what I mean? Like cell phone records won't put you like inside the house, it'll put you in the vicinity of the house. So who's this? But there's four different houses on that street. Who's to argue that he doesn't know somebody in the other house? And can that be his argument? Like, I just feel like there's there can be so much argument How do you going argue back and away forth. DNA? That's the only, but that one little print on the sheath, like, did they buy it from a garage sale? <laughs> did he used to have that? Uh, I don't. I, I just. Don't know. I don't know how you prove reason. How do you? How do you put doubt in somebody's mind when you have all these things? I mean, I'm sure they'll figure out a way. Oh, but, yeah. but like, what would be the way? I don't know. I'm not. That he needs Jose Baez. Oh. There's probably more we don't know, but man, yeah. I love it. I love it. I so, love it. There you go. Yes. Oh my gosh, we Thank had to do an update. It. Lord, I hope y'all uh, like go back and listen. Go look at it. I have it. It's posted. You can go back and get all the information. And I'm sure I'm gonna go back and watch about 18 live streams tonight to just yeah. Whew. That was good. That was good. Okay, there's your latest on B K. Wait, B C B C K B C K. Ah, okay. Um, I don't even know how to end it. Just no, that is it. Stay aware and stay alive, and always be DTF. <laughs> ah, 
Lord. Oh, the other thing is, what's the football player's name? Uh, Damar Hamlin. Oh, he woke up. I wa- I know he did. I watched the whole. Oh, I watched the whole thing as it happened. It was horrible. But I forget what he said. He asked if they won. Uh huh. Did we win? And they were like, "You, you won, won your life. life." Yeah. It is. That was. I know. I. I so saw scary. Them. God, I cannot believe. I, I think any parent, and then I was like, where's the mama? Where's the mama? Because I couldn't oh. imagine what if she was watched. She couldn't go to this game, and she was just watching it. But she happened to be there, and she got to go to the ambulance. Yeah, with she her. was yeah. there. She rode in the ambulance. That's what I was yeah. thinking at oh, first oh, oh, before oh, I knew. Oh. Um, and then I was thinking, man, they had to work. Was he without oxygen to his brain for nine minutes? No, no, no. Well, he wasn't because they were doing CPR. Yeah, yes, yes. But it but doesn't get the same know. amount. Of, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. that that was just like my my brother. You know, they had to do CPR on him, but it was just too long, and so he ended up brain dead. And I was like, this baby can't be brain dead. Oh gosh, I know. And then either way, it's like he's doing what he loves to do. He made it. It's only year two. Will he still be able to play football? If if it's if I mean he. I think every, I don't see why not. His heart? I thought he went to like a cardiac arrest. Oh, well, yeah. But I, I don't know. I didn't, I don't know what the latest is on how, what what caused it. Oh, I just hope. Yeah. Anyways, I'm glad he's okay. So that is ending in my good notes. I know. And listen, y'all go share this episode with your, anybody, everybody. Get the word out. We... We're not the only ones obsessed with the story. So share with your friends that you know are obsessed with the story too. Yeah, just do that. <laughs> just do that. Okay, y'all. We will see you Thursday and we're going to serial killer land. Oh, I feel like we've already been there. Goodbye. Do you think he had any do you think the Brian Coburger killed before? No, he's fucks he's fucked too much shit up. I don't think so. How do you just start with four people with knife with a knife? How do you start with the slaughter? How is that your first one? You don't build up? That's what um Levi King started with. I guess it's free killer. Mm-hmm. So what do you want it to be? <laughs> oh, all right. There you have it. Bye y'all. Bye. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.